Good morning and welcome. Thank you for joining us for the virtual ACB conference and convention here in 2020. Happy 4th of July. And yeah, let's get into it. I, I don't want to get too ahead of myself. We have Cindy Hollis and Nat who are facilitating our session today on Zoom and over ACB radio uh, special event and cafe. So hello to everyone in ACB radio land as well. Nat, would you please give the, uh, the initial code for continuing ed credits? Sure, no problem. So your code is B as in Bravo, D as in Delta, A as in Alpha, D as in Delta, nine. Again, that's B as in Bravo, D as in Delta, A as in Alpha, D as in Delta, and the number nine. All right. Thank you, Nat. And that code will not be repeated, but please stay tuned in the second or at the end of this session to receive the second half of the continuing ed code. And let's get started. So we're here this morning to talk about accessible exercise and fitness equipment. Uh, this is something that many ACB members and the broader uh, blindness and low vision community, as well as the rest of the country, are very passionate about. Everyone wants to get their workout in. I wouldn't be surprised if Leslie Spoon has already, you know, gone and run a 5K and led a yoga session this morning, but we'll hear about that shortly. But why is this so important? And especially why is this so important for our ACB family and our ACB community? Well, the leading cause of blindness for working age adults is, drum roll please, diabetes. And according to the CDC, people with type 1 diabetes, um, about 20, roughly 20%, it's a little bit higher than that, but we'll just say roughly 20% um, of people with type 1 diabetes will experience diabetes-related vision loss in their lifetime. For type 2 diabetes acquired later in life, uh, you don't have the disease as long, but the numbers are still staggering. Uh, we're talking over 5% of people with type 2 diabetes. Additionally, uh, folks who are blind or low vision are more than 70% likely than the general population to experience some sort of heart or cardiac um, conditions. And these are just staggering numbers, right? Especially when you consider the obesity rate in the United States is, is forever increasing uh, and expected to double by 2050. And that just exacerbates all of these other conditions. So as much as possible, we want to encourage folks and work with our members and the broader community to make it easier for folks to get out, be active, live happy and healthy lifestyles. Um, but it's not always easy. So we've got some panelists here today on this session who are going to talk with us about their, in some cases, their life hacks for making exercise and fitness accessible. We're going to talk about some latest market trends in exercise and fitness equipment. And then towards the end of our session before Q&A, we've got a, a special guest um, and from Peloton Interactive who's going to share the work that they've been doing. So let's get into it. Our first panelist is Leslie Spoon. Many people know Leslie Spoon as the, the first lady of ACB, but Leslie is also a certified aerobics and certified fitness instructor. Leslie, how are you doing this morning? 
I'm good, Clark. Thank you for having me on the panel. This is something near and dear to my heart. Um, like you said, I'm I'm a uh, personal certified personal trainer and a certified aerobic instructor. I've been certified for 25 years now in Orlando, Florida. Um, when I started this journey in my life, um, I had a lot more low vision. So <laughs> um, it's now pretty much gone, but it's, you know, it's still fun, and I love it to death. And I, I can't say enough about fitness that people that know me, they, they know fitness is, is my, my love um, besides fundraising. You know, that's probably my second. But fitness is, is my first love. <laughs> Um, in in life, you know, besides Dan, of course, but <laughs> oh yeah, him, yeah. Well, yes, him. to touch but, on but all it, your it loves, I got my Braille too. raffle, my Braille forum raffle ticket yesterday, and I encourage everyone else go. to do so as well. And you've got the auctions yes. going on. Yes, uh, but everything's I going about off. fundraising. Let's talk fitness and exercise. <laughs> uh, many people, Let's Leslie, do. have gotten to know you over the community events that Cindy Hollis has been organizing here the past few months. Tell us a little bit about the yoga sessions that you've been leading. Sure. So thank you. Um, my dear friend, Cindy Hollis, um, asked me in March when COVA happened if I would do a yoga class. And I said, sure, I'd love to do a yoga class. And we started, I believe, I said, well, I'll do it on Thursdays because um, for five years, I had my own women's gym in our shopping center close to our house. Um, Dan was so generous to uh, let me, when my sight was getting worse, to let let us, uh, you know, get in, get, go into business and be entrepreneurs again. Um, so with my own gym, um, because it was getting harder for me to teach at gyms and the liability. They were not, uh, this is, you know, in the early 90s and 2000s when people were the liability mm. was uh, coming in, and people were getting a little upset with me teaching, and I uh, didn't really wow. want me to teach at gyms, um, you know. And, and it's come, you know, it's come a long way now. I'm sure it's different now, but um, I did have my gym for five years. So from that, I have a couple ladies that have still stayed with me. Um, I have not been in business for 11 years, and I have about eight ladies that still come to my house. Um, Dan was so gracious enough to when we closed the gym in 2009 um, to let me bring six cycling bikes, um, four of my big pieces of equipment, and two treadmills, two ellipticals, and an exercise bike to our house. So my house was like a gym. So um, that was really wonderful of him. So um, I now don't have all that. Um, People have gotten older, and they've aged, and now we're in the pool. So, um, so, so it's a long answer to your question about Cindy's yeah. classes, but I kind of had to go there because when she asked me, um, I teach, I teach some of these wonderful friends of mine that have still come to my house. I teach them four days a week. So I told Cindy I could maybe do one day, um, of the yoga on the community chats, which was going to be so cool for me because it's just a wonderful way for me to teach other people about exercise, which I love, you know, to do and teach people. So then we kind of go, we kind of went and went for a couple months. And I said, you know, Cindy, I would really like to do two days. I think we could do Tuesdays and Thursdays. So, and Cindy said, oh, that's awesome. So, you know, um, so we did that. And um, it has been so rewarding to me. I tell you, when we started Clark, we were just in chairs. You know, the beginners, we were in chairs. Like a couple weeks after, uh, we've gone to standing poses. And now some of the people are on the floor. 
And so now it's like when I teach, it's like, okay, if you're seated, do this. If you're standing, do this. If you're <laughs> on the floor, do this. You know, <laughs> they are really putting me to the challenge, which is great. So I yeah. love it. Um, I am now changed days, though, because um, I was doing my aqua also on those days. So I was like exercising nonstop. So I told, I asked Cindy, I said, do you think it'd be okay, Cindy Hollis, do you think it'd be okay if we went to Mondays and Wednesdays? Uh, just because it's really getting a little crazy for me on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And she said, sure. So we've gone to Mondays and Wednesdays now at 4 p.m. Eastern. So and I tell you, Clark, it is just so rewarding for me. I get ready around 3, 3.30. I tell Dan, I'm like, i yeah. got to do yoga. I'm going to go do my yoga. So he's like, okay, I'll see you at 5, you know. Well, and I know <laughs> it's not only rewarding for you, it's rewarding for the 40 and 50 regulars that you have attending those classes as well. And I want to come back to how you uh, run in an audio or webinar yoga class here in a second. Uh, but you mentioned owning a gym, uh, being an entrepreneur in the fitness space, and then bringing all that equipment into the house. Talk with me about how you navigated that exercise and fitness equipment. Um, how did you program the, the bikes or the treadmills? How did you adjust the settings on the ellipticals? What did you have to do to make that equipment accessible, or was it already? Sure. So... Uh, I have been, I had this equipment from the dark ages, I'll say that, because, you know, technology has come so far, and I am not a techie guru, but I'm learning, I'm learning, I'm coming out of the dark ages. Um, all my equipment is pretty old. Um, I bought it when a gym went out of business. So it's the old ellipticals, you don't have to program anything, um, and then I have kind of um, up-to-date treadmills, but I have marked the treadmills with the high mark. Um, so I've got I've got bumps on my treadmills, and then one mm -hmm. of my treadmills you just slide up and it turns on. So I don't have too much I have to program. Um, the girls that come over, I call them the girls. Um, they're 70s and 80 year old women. I'll tell you that. So they've been with me for a long time. Um, they all started in their 50s. So um, they they can program if they want to. But for me, I just you know I have the high marks and I have the sliders, and so I can do it easily for me. Um, I'm more about the KISS, you know, method, keep it, keep it easy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm but, not very techie, so... And, um, in doing that, that gives you access to, say, for example, on a treadmill, you can increase or lower the speed, mm -hmm. you can, by placing the yes. dots, you can increase or lower the incline. Um, Correct, but it, yes. But you don't have access yeah. to the, uh, the preset, setting the time or setting a... A well, prescribed workout, correct? I will say on one of my treadmills, so I have one that's real easy for me that yeah. I can just slide up and down, and then I have one for the girls that makes it harder because, you know, I'm an instructor, so I don't want them to get off easy. So, you know, they've there still got to go. work and sweat hard, just, you know, so so that other one is programmed, the, the second treadmill. You can program it. Um, you can set your heart rate. You can set your speed. You can set your, um, if you want to be in a fat burner program if you want to do a hill program so it is you can do that and on my ellipticals you can do that also so i just have one set for me and the other one set for the girls so they can yeah. do whatever they want yeah and, uh, and then my other equipment that i had was old-fashioned too um i don't know clark because you're younger than me um i don't know if you remember where you just had the the uh, equipment 
like the leg press. I'll use the leg press where you just had the pin and you put the pin in the plates. Mm -hmm. Um, You didn't have to program anything. So this is how old my equipment was. Um, I don't have any of this equipment anymore because, again, now everybody's aged and uh, (laughs) Dan kind of wanted the house back. I had it for for a couple years that way, and he says, let's kind of get rid of this. Nobody's using it. Your ladies are aging, and you're aging. And uh, (laughs) Leslie, talk to me about what you... when you travel, remember in the dark ages, we used to hold these conventions in person. Uh, yes. Hopefully we will again yes. sometime in the future. And when you travel to an ACB board meeting, the DC leadership meetings, or the, you know, who knows, maybe even next year's conference and convention in Phoenix, you know, Phoenix 2021, ACB 21, hashtag. Um, yes. And we yes. go to the convention center and there'll be a gym there. What sort of um, hacks will you use when you go to the gym in the morning at the convention? Well, I got to, I got to say kudos to you. So thank you so much because I do love to work out and we have a couple of our ACB members that love to go work out with me and we'll get to go together at like 6am and work out before you sit all day. Um, because you know, you're in these meetings, which is wonderful and you learn a lot of good educational information, but you know, sitting is hard for me. So, um, I like to move. So um, you actually got in D.C. at our new hotel we were at in February, which seems a long time ago now, Clark. Um, you actually had them mark the machines in Braille for us, which was wonderful, and, and little marks and stuff. So that was awesome. So, um, and you can ask the front desk, um, the security people, to mark the machines, put a little tape on them, put the, um, you know, Velcro. If you bring Velcro, they'll put that on for you. So... Everybody's very nice about it. Um, I go to Key West every year, a couple times a year, um, and there's a gym down there that we go to, and they mark one machine for me, and it's marked the whole year. They keep it marked for me, so um, and which is really awesome. So if you just ask, everybody's pretty accommodating. That's great to hear. I'm glad that that's been your experience. Um, I can't say that it was all entirely altruistic to have the the gym equipment marked at the DC leadership meetings. It was partially selfish on my part as well, uh, but always happy to have some workout buddies in there too. Yeah, it's fun. Yes. So Leslie, let's circle back to the yoga sessions because you have one coming up here Monday evening during the conference as well. Talk with us about language, not only when you are a a participant in a class, um, but also as an instructor doing yoga by audio over Zoom, and maybe even, well, let's just start there. What are some uh, things that are important for you to remember about using language? Well, for me, yes, thank you. Thank you for uh, promoting my yoga. It is Monday at 4.30 p.m., so I'm excited. Um, Some of the language that I have to remember to use is I have to tell everybody to tighten their core, um, which is your abdominals. We We used to say stomach back in the day. You know, so your stomach, everybody knows stomach. But, and then we went to abdominals, and now we say core. So I always tell them to think of an apple core. Um, and, and I say, you know, because some people are in their chairs, and I'll say, don't sit back, you know, don't slouch, and, you're, you know, keep your core tight. So um, that's some of the language that I've taught them, you know, about their core. Hopefully they've learned that over the couple of weeks we've been together. Another thing is their posture. Make sure their shoulders aren't up towards their ears like they're mad. Um, relax them away, you know, just enjoy, enjoy your being. Don't, don't be stressed out. You know, we live in a stressful world. Um, so it's just, you know, I try and relate, um, 
when we're doing our neck stretches and we look up towards the ceiling, I'll say look at a plane so you don't look all the way up so you don't hyperextend your neck. So just little te- techniques like that that I've learned over the years, especially when you're teaching blind and visually impaired folks. And that's a great point, Leslie. Uh, what, do you, what would you tell other instructors, you know, sighted instructors, um, about the use of language to ensure that people who are blind or low vision can get the most out of their classes? Well, Clark, I have some hilarious stories. When we're ever together, I have to tell you some of my funny, <laughs> funny stories. So <laughs> when I used to teach at one of the gyms, just real quickly, um, my, my um, students, I taught STEP. Now, this is how long I've been teaching. I taught STEP, which was on a box. I don't know if many people know about STEP, but back in the day, you would, you would go up and down on a box with risers under it. So I taught that for many years. That was my love. And I taped my step because I could see it then with white tape. Um, but when we went to do our, our core exercises, they all left. And I kept saying, are you all tightening your core? Are you breathing? Total silence. So they all left the room. And they all come back and they started laughing. They're like, we loved you. <laughs> so um, it's pretty funny, but sighted um, teaching, sighted um, instructors, I have a sighted friend that teaches Zumba, and um, she's tried to teach me Zumba. I know a little bit, but not much. She's told me I can never come to her class uh, because when you teach Zumba c- correctly, you do not speak at all. So it's, it's all hand movements. Hmm. So um, they'll either tap their leg or they'll they'll put their hands up like you're counting three, two, one with your fingers. So um, um, in the past, when I have gone to other people's classes, I go in and I tell them, I say, I'm, well, now I say I'm, I'm pretty much blind. So I say I'm blind, you know. In the past, I've said I'm, I'm visually impaired, also visually impaired or blind. You know, it kind of throws people off if you say you're visually impaired and you can, then you, you know, they don't know exactly what you can see and not see. So mm-hmm. I, I'll say, you know, I have really, really low vision or, or I'm blind. And they'll say, okay. And I'll say, can I want to stand right here? And I just memorize everything because I know the terminology. Um, if you're a brand new, I would say try and get there early and talk to the instructor and ask them what they can teach you ahead of time, you know, so that you're not not discouraged. The the worst thing I can say, Clark, and you, we've all been through this. That love exercise. You go to a class and you're, it's the worst class you've ever had. You know because you don't know the terminology, you don't know what the instructor's mm-hmm. doing, and you walk out and you're just frustrated. And you go, I'm never going back. I'm never exercising again. So I'd say communication yeah. is the best the best key. Yes, and. A big part of working out, I'm sure, is the, the folks who are in your yoga classes, on the community events, and the women who have stuck with you all this time uh, down there in Florida. You're building a community, right? You want it to be welcoming, inviting, and engaging. Um, so it's really important to meet people where they are so that they can get the most out of the class as well. I think right, we've all right. been in that situation or that environment where somebody says, now do this, raise your leg. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Right. And I I got to tell you, I have um, real quickly, I've had, so Wednesday, we had two new people in the community yoga, the call, the yoga call, and they said, I'm new. And 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 we all said, great. Awesome. You know, we're glad you're here. You know, they said, but we don't know what you guys have been doing. I said, no problem. Just when I say standing, just stay in the chair. I'll tell you what to do. So 
they and they they said they had a good time, and then they actually came back the next week. So, you know, you've just got to when you teach, you've got to be on the fly. I can say that. You know, you've got to. You'll have the people that are the most experienced, experienced people in your class, and then you'll have the newbies. You know, and you've got to. You've got to. Um, you've got to tell people what to do in all stages of life and all on all. You know, when you're exercising, new, immediate, intermediate, and advanced. So. Well, Leslie, thank you, and I hope you're able to stick around for Q&A. Thank you for Definitely. sharing. Definitely. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing the importance of um, language and communication when going to an exercise class and the little hacks about adding tape or braille dots um, to older exercise and fitness equipment, and especially if you're out at an ACB conference or a convention or staying at a hotel, going to a gym, ask the staff. And in most cases, they're very friendly and willing to help make the equipment accommodate your needs. So if you have any questions for Leslie, please hold them until Q&A at the end of the session. Now I'd like to introduce Satana Howry. Satana is a member of the ACB Information Access Committee. Satana, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Clark. Thanks for the invite. Absolutely. So, Satana, I imagine you've already got your workout in today. No. <laughs> no, listen, here's the thing, okay? There's like 170 people on this call from what I'm seeing in my Zoom. And I want to say to everybody, unlike Leslie, um, fitness is not my life. I am your average Jane. I am not an athlete. My job, I'm a voice actor, so I get to run my mouth for a living and get paid for it. So I read exercise copy, which is a lot easier than doing it. Um, and oh, and, and I sit all day. Um, so I, I am competitive though. So I like to exercise for health, but what really motivates me are other people um, or somebody else planning the routine if possible. And I love, love, love data. Uh, and of course, data can be hard to come by on machines, right? Sometimes it's hard to set up your workouts. And even if you can manage that, it's hard to get info about how you're doing as you're working out out of those machines. Um, so, so that's how I came across concept two. Yeah. And before we jump to what you're doing now, Satana, have you, in the past, have you used some of those tips and tricks that Leslie was talking about as well? I have. I actually have an elliptical in my house that I have to use those tips and tricks on because there's no accessibility on it. So the tape works and that kind of stuff. Sure. Yeah. And um, I've been in and out of gyms for many, many years and have used those kinds of tips and tricks in there as well. But it sounds like for you, a data junkie, uh, having access to the the basic controls only gets you so far, right? Yeah, yeah, it does. So, and you mentioned a brand, Concept2. Tell us a little bit about Concept2. Concept2 is a company that's been around uh, for a long time, and they know their row. They make um, oars and stuff for on-the-water rowing, but they also make um, rowing machines and... Um, uh, like for indoor use, um, or they make ski machines. They call them ergs. And now they have a bike erg too, which I haven't tried. I've been on their rowers. I've been on the ski erg, but I haven't tried the bike. Um, yes. And just for our, for our listeners, if you're ever in a gym and you hear uh, it, almost like a metronome, the, the sound of a whoosh, whoosh, yes. whoosh, that is the sound 90 times out of 100 of somebody on a Concept2 
rowing erg. They are the gold standard for racing, for indoor racing, um, for on-land training, for folks who row competitively on the water. And it's a seat on a slide. You have a handle connected to a chain, and that pulls the big drum fan. So, all right, Satana, this sounds pretty, pretty basic. How do you get data from a chain and a fan? Um, I want to add something else. One of the things that Leslie talked about was being in a house and having a bunch of space to put that equipment, and I'm in a house as well. But one of the cool things about the concept to indoor rowers is that you can flip them up on their end. So it mm. gives you a much smaller footprint when they're not being used. So I just want to point that out because even if you're you know, living in an apartment or something like that where you don't have a lot of space, you can have one of these machines and it will still work for you because they can just be flipped over and uh, and they don't take up the space when you're not using them, which is cool. There you go. Um, how do I get the data? So, um, Concept2 machines have a performance monitor on them. It's, you know, it's the screen that's on all these machines that tells you all the cool information that decided people get to see that we don't have access to. Um, and um, so they call them their PM. There's a PM3 and a PM. I have a PM4. Uh, and the PM5s use Bluetooth. My PM4 requires me to connect a cable. Um, but there's this app called Erg Data, and it's available on iOS and Android. I've only ever used it on iOS, so I don't know what the Android version is like. Um, but I've used it for a long time, and this is this is sort of the latest thing going on. Before Erg Data, they had other apps, and you know they they've had access to their monitors for a long time. Because I think I started rowing in 2010 or 2011, and I've always had access uh, on some level or another. Um, and so, how did you find Concept2? I found Concept2 because my husband uh, found an article in the paper about an adaptive rowing program that was starting in Saratoga Springs, which is about 30 minutes from our house. And it was free. And if you've ever looked into joining a rowing team, it can be expensive. It's a commitment. Um, so I was like, wow, this is free. This is great. You know, I don't necessarily think that rowing needs to be adapted for people who are blind, but it was available and I got all this amazing training and I got to row on the water and race on the water um, and also learn all about indoor rowing and the correct form for doing that. Um, and so, so rowing um, on this team, we would we would practice on the water, of course, but on cold, rainy days or whatever. You know, I live in upstate New York, so there's a winter to think about where it gets snowy and everything. Uh, you got to practice. And so um, my husband and I decided, well, you know, Saratoga Springs, like I said, it's 30 minutes away. And in the wintertime, I wasn't going to go. I just wasn't going to go there and work in their indoor season. So we just bought a rower. <laughs> so when we brought it into our house um, and... Um, yeah, so I, I, that's how I found out about Concept2. And then when I, when I figured out who the company was, I, I went online and, and looked around to see if there was any um, accessibility available. So, and Satana, you said that you can you connect your phone and the Erg Data app via a cable to your power monitor, the PM4 on the Concept2. And if folks have a PM5, they can connect via, via Bluetooth. Yes. Uh, tell us more about the Erg Data app says, okay, now it's on your phone, but is that accessible? It is. Um, there is a preferences button, and if you click that, you can turn something called voice guidance on. And inside of voice guidance, there are all of these settings. So um, you can 
change the speed and the volume of the voice that's talking to you during your workouts, independent of the speed and the volume of voiceover on your iPhone. Um, you can change the interval of time where you hear information. So if I'm sprinting and I want to know something and I want to know it consistently, I could set it to maybe every 15 seconds it's going to talk to me. But if I'm doing a longer piece that's maybe 30 minutes, maybe I don't want to hear it, but every one or two minutes. And so I can change that information. Um, it will tell me how many meters I'm going and I can turn that on and off. I can turn on or off time, so it will tell me how long I've been working out. Um, if I have a heart rate monitor, I can use that and I can get information about my heart rate. I can turn information on about calories um, and I can get information about my current and or my average pace. So how many meters am I going roughly per, uh, I forget, is it second? Is it minute? What is it? I call it a split, but they... Clark, help me out. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So not only do you get feedback on what you're currently doing, but you can get feedback on how consistent you are. Yes. So you can maintain that effort across your entire interval. You can know whether you need to, well, I went out a little bit hot here. I need to back yeah. off or, you know, this pace feels pretty easy. I'm going to bring it up just a tick and having that voice feedback lets you know not just what your perceived effort and exertion are, but it lets you know your heart rate. It lets you know that current pace. Yeah, it's pretty great. So you really have immediate feedback to adjust what you're doing. Um, one of the other things it will tell you is your stroke rate, which if you're not a rower, it may not make any sense. But um, sometimes if you're pulling harder back on that chain, um, you're exerting more effort, but maybe, you know, like they'll, they'll have a workout where they want you to maintain a certain number of strokes per minute um, because that's the idea of the workout. Um, so you can get that stroke rate information and stay within it. And if you don't want any voice guidance at all, you can turn it all off except for the workout summary so that when you finish, you get this beautiful summary of how many meters you went how long it took you and all of the info that you need, but you don't hear anything during the workout. So if you're doing a long workout and you're like watching Netflix or whatever while you're working out, you don't hear the voice guidance interrupt you, but you get a great workout summary at the end. And that workout summary, not only is it in your ERG data app, but you can sync that to the Concept2 online logbook. Yes. You can, and this is going to get into our conversation with Greg. You can sync that to Apple Health. You yes. can share it with Strava or wherever else you track your workouts. And like you were saying about being on the water and in the club, Satana, and like Leslie was saying about her girls, you've got that community that you can share it with. And if you have that competitive spirit, you can join competitions and compete against your friends or other people, maybe even just complete strangers. But you can see how you stack up and maybe get some added motivation that way. Yeah, one of my favorite Concept 2 challenges is uh, starts on Thanksgiving and I think ends Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, one of those two, I can't remember which. Um, and uh, the goal is to row up to 100,000 or 200,000 meters and then they donate uh, a certain number of cents per meter. Uh, you can pick uh, one of like three charities that they choose different ones each year. Uh, and it's really fun and you can kind of see where you stack up against other people and... Uh, and do that. So I've participated in that for a couple of years. 
Nice. Well, Satana, thank you for sharing. And Satana and I have now connected. We're now training partners on concept two. So I'm going to be keeping an eye on the meters that she rose. And yeah, he's going to hold me accountable because I need it. <laughs> Absolutely. So again, thank you, Satana. And I'm sure we'll have some questions for you during Q&A. Uh, All right. Now, I'd like to introduce Greg Lindbergh. Greg is from Florida. He's a member of ACB Next Generation. And how fitting, Greg, we've got you to talk about the next generation of accessible fitness and tech. Exactly. Hey there, Clark. Good morning. Happy 4th. Happy 4th to you as well. So we're having a, a nice little progression here. We had Leslie talk about the importance of language and some hacks around traditional exercise and fitness equipment, Satana has shared her experience with uh, the Concept2 ERGs and uh, voice feedback over the ERG data app. Um, and Greg, that's something that you want to talk about as well, apps and wearable tech. Exactly, yeah. So I have a Fitbit Flex 2, and I, I do want to just briefly talk about the backstory on how I actually got this device. Please do. Sure. So the lighthouse for the visually impaired and blind um, in Newport Ritchie, Florida, here in the Tampa area, they actually got 20 Fitbits from the United States Association of Blind Athletes. And this was about a year and a half, two years ago. And so they provided these Fitbits to you know their clients and even some of the staff, I believe, got them. And so they, they, you know, came to me, they knew that I was into athletics, playing beat baseball and different things and said, Hey, you know, would you like to have this Fitbit for free? And, you know, we have a group where we actually have, you know, clients and, and, and staff at the lighthouse who compete and challenge each other and whatnot. And so I was like, heck yeah, you know, I'm not going to turn down a free Fitbit. Um, some of these can cost a couple hundred bucks. So it's like, sure. And uh, so, yeah, so I've had this for about a year and a half now. And so this version is, like I said, it's the Flex 2. And it's so it's a band, you know, that you wear around your, your wrist or your arm. And this one does not have an actual face. So some of the Fitbits do have an actual face to them where it has a screen that displays information and whatnot. So this one just has, you know, the band and then the little tracker device inside it uh, that you do have to charge every so often. So, and Greg, I'll ask you to, to demo that Fitbit Flex 2 for us here in a second. Just want to talk a little bit more. So the U.S. Association of Blind Athletes, folks can learn more about them at usaba.org. And Greg's talking about the, the National Fitness Challenge. Uh, folks may remember from an advocacy update podcast a couple months ago, we had Kat Baucamp from USABA on and talking about this year's National Fitness Challenge, where, you know, with COVID-19 and social distancing, quarantine, uh, rolling quarantines in some places, maybe your community might be a little more strict or less strict than others. Um, but this is a way to kind of mo to motivate people as well as track their progress. Um, so, Greg, before we get into the demo, what have you in the lighthouse of, is it Port Ritchie? What have you all noticed since you've had these Fitbits? Yeah, I, I got to say it really has been motivating both for myself and I would say for everyone else who's involved in this program. 
Um, it's, you know, just having that data, that information about my daily activity and how many steps I take and miles and active minutes and whatnot. It's, it's so beneficial in so many ways. I mean, in the past, you know, you kind of have an idea in your mind about, okay, you know, I've been up and around and moving for this amount of time during the day and kind of get an idea, but to really to have that data, especially accessible through a, a smartphone app has just been so beneficial. And like I was talking about before with the challenges, you know, to be able to compete against others who are also blind and visually impaired. To me, it's, it's so, you know, it's, it's such a special opportunity because you, you know, you're, you're not just competing against anybody. These are also folks that face similar challenges to what you have. And so to be able to relate to them and, you know, have those friendly competitions and whatnot, it's, it's extra motivating as well to do that. Yeah, it's certainly a, a theme that we're noticing that people want, not only do people want access to fitness and exercise and the, the technology and the equipment, uh, but really to the, the community, right? To have that motivation, that friendly competition. That's, uh, exercise doesn't just have physical benefits. There are emotional and mental benefits as well. And that's I think that's coming through loud and clear here. So thanks for highlighting that point, Greg. Um, are you able to demo that Fitbit Flex 2 for us? Yeah, I am. So I do have my iPhone here. And let me just uh, turn up the volume and put it up to the mic here. Um, so again, this is an app. It's the Fitbit app that uh, you pair with the actual Fitbit you know, band itself that has the tracker. And so via Bluetooth, the tracker transmits that data to your phone, to the app, and that's how you actually access that data. So I have the, the home screen pulled up here on the Fitbit app. 1,105 steps. And so you can hear it has the step count, which I'm a little embarrassed. It's not <laughs> as, as I'd like so far, but that'll definitely change later today. It's early in the day. Right. Steps. Yep. And then so it tells you miles, so I'm not even at one mile, but it, it gives you, you know, the, I guess down to the hundredth as far as the, the you know, the number of miles there. 4,740 calories. The calories, that's, I think I was talking to you about that the other day, Clark. It's a little funky. For some reason, mine is adding all these extra calories burned, and I'm not sure why. I, I've done some research, and I guess others have had a similar issue where it's not totally accurate in tracking that. So that's something I kind of just ignore. Yeah. Maybe if you're a hummingbird. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and a little bit more about the, the National Fitness Challenge. Currently, there are 155 participants in the USABA uh, National Fitness Challenge. In the month of May, the participants have logged over 21,000 miles. Um, the CDC recommends everyone get, and that's the Centers for D Disease Control and Prevention, uh, everyone knows them now from COVID-19 uh, safety and health tips, but they also have tips for how to stay healthy in general. And their recommendation is 150 active minutes per week. And the participants in the National Fitness Challenge, like Greg, they're averaging um, over 250 active minutes a week. So that, that's a really critical number. Uh, and especially when you can't get out and be active as much in public, those active minutes are really key. You know, you might just be taking steps at a leisurely pace around your house. Maybe your heart rate isn't getting up. So it's really important to look at those active minutes and track that. 
Exactly. Yeah. I would say that's the biggest thing I look at because the active minutes indicate, you know, that your heart rate is up and that you are involved in a, a good amount of exertion. And to me, that's so important. And I, I try to shoot for at least, say, 30 to 40 active minutes a day. Um, you know, whether that's walking or riding my stationary exercise bike or whatnot. Um, I, I did want to demo just the, the one screen within the app that uh, actually has one of the challenges. So uh, when it's sure. the weekend, they call it the Weekend Warrior Challenge. And bring that close to your microphone, Greg. Sure, sure. So this is uh, the current challenge that just started, uh, I guess you could say this morning at midnight. Patricia P. 3000. Kimberly M. 3175. And so minutes. you can hear it. Uh, it tells you the name of, you know, the, the person and then how many steps. So this is just based on step count. And then it gives you the time as far as when they were last actually actively moving. Dale B. 1768. Form U. 1087. 29 minutes. Zero, 4D. One day, 11 hours, 49 minutes left. And then it tells you how much time is left. And so we, we generally have the weekend warrior challenge. We also have what's called the work week hustle. So that's, you know, Monday through Friday. And, uh, you know, that there's also like goal days and where it'll actually say, you know, a day by day, if you want to challenge someone just for the day or even a certain number of hours. And uh, so the, there's definitely a lot of variety when it comes to that. And as you can tell, the app is, I mean, I'm literally just swiping, you know, left and right to go up and down. It's, it's very accessible. There are some graphics, you know, where it shows like a, a graph of your progress or some, you know, data information. But generally that is communicated in text form, you know, just as far as numbers as well. But overall, it's, it's a very accessible app. That's great. Thank you for sharing that, Greg. And I just want to keep this panel going. I, I could talk about this all day. I know we have Satana and Jeff Bishop on here from the Information Access Committee. Guys, we may have to, guys and gals, we may have to do a community event um, to dive into this issue even deeper. Um, so, Greg, thank you. Please stay on for Q&A. And now I would like to introduce a, a special guest to the panel, um, B. Birchall. Uh, Senior Software Engineer from Peloton Interactive. Good morning, B. Hi, how are you? Doing well, how are you? I'm great. So we've talked with Leslie, Satana, and Greg. Uh, we've moved from traditional exercise equipment to equipment where you can connect it to your smartphone as, where, as well as wearables and apps. Um, and now we're coming into really, uh, geez, New Age Technology, Cutting Edge, um, Peloton. Tell us about Peloton Interactive. Sure. Yeah, so I'm a software engineer, as you said in your intro, um, and I've been doing some product management more recently, um, especially most recently to work on bringing a screen reader to the Peloton bike. So that's what I want to tell you about today, and I also have a demo for you. Um, and I'm excited to say that we just released the first iteration this week. That is very exciting news. I, we already have some ECB members just chomping at the bit ever since that announcement went out on Tuesday. So, yeah, do you want to jump right into it and tell us about Peloton and accessibility? Yeah, yeah. First, I just wanted to briefly mention that we'd been talking with ACB um, and Clark in particular for a few months during development. 
So I just wanted to mention that I'm especially happy to be here to share this with ACB members today. So and I'd like to, sorry. I was just going to say, and we certainly appreciate your engagement and desire to listen and learn from the community. Yeah. So before I give you the demo and tell you a bit more about the screen reader, I want to start by telling you a bit about Peloton, introducing you to our bike, and also just Peloton's general values that led to making these accessibility improvements. So Peloton is an inclusive fitness community, and our bike brings the fitness studio experience to the home. It's an immersive experience that streams live as well as on-demand classes to you. These come right from our fitness studios in New York and London, so you can really feel like you're right there with the instructor. Actually, during the pandemic, it was interesting more recently because some of these were even streamed right from our instructors' homes. That's an unusual situation, but it was definitely interesting. <laughs> we can relate. Yeah, yeah. The pandemic's really impacted pretty much everything. Um, yeah, so our on-demand library has thousands of classes. So you could find one that you wanted. For example, you have a certain length you're trying to fit into your schedule. People often have favorite instructors. Instructors at Peloton are really stars, and most people have, well, many people have a favorite or a few favorites, or you might be looking for a certain music type. Um, as well as the bike, Peloton's also on some other platforms. So you could take, our fit, take fitness classes, cycling or other types of classes on the web and also on our mobile apps. So we have iPhone and Android mobile apps. Peloton's core values are putting members first and empowering people to be the best version of themselves. We really want that to include all our members. Together we go far is something you hear a lot at Peloton. And actually this weekend, we had a special series of rides that was related to the Together We Go Far theme, um, organized around the value of unity. And that series of rides is called All for One, and unlike most of our rides, which feature one instructor, these ones are interesting because they're rides with multiple instructors, so really highlighting bringing people together. And I wanted to mention that partly because it's happening this weekend, but also because it's going to show up in the demo I have for you. So it'll give you a little bit of context there. So our screen reader release this week builds on previous accessibility improvements that we've been making. We capture our on-demand classes. And we hear from our deaf and hard of hearing members that that really means a lot to them. We've also been making improvements to the screen reader experience and other aspects of our web and mobile apps. So that's why coinciding with our release this week, we made a public statement about our commitment to accessibility. And you can find that if you're interested in reading more about it at onepeloton.com accessibility. You don't have to remember that because you can just Search online for Peloton and accessibility and it'll pop up for you. Our accessibility commitment ties into broader inclusivity values and goals. I thought I'd quote for you a recent public message about Peloton's dedication to inclusivity that our CEO John Foley made. So I'm quoting from here, him now. He said, we commit to doing our part to democratize access to fitness and bring health and wellness to all communities. So these statements that we've recently made about inclusivity and accessibility 
really build on values that we've always had. But more recently, we're really paying attention to them within the, within the company. And they really have buy-in from all parts of the company. And I hear people all throughout the company saying how much they care about this. It's definitely a journey for us. Um, so we're at a stage in the journey and it'll take a while before everything's completely accessible, but it's something that we're really valuing right now. So what went into bringing the screen reader to the bike? You're probably wondering what led up to this internally, how we decided to do it. We'd hear from blind bike owners about how much they love their bikes. It gives them access to cycling without leaving home, which might otherwise be difficult. One of our members even called it an ideal fitness machine for blind people, but it has an immersive 22 inch touch screen and you have to operate the touch screen to navigate to a class. So these members were, as you can imagine, frustrated that they had to depend on assistance just to get into a workout. They're using the bike with help from somebody like a sighted household member, for example. And we heard from other people who would use a third-party app just to be able to use the bike, such as Ira or Be My Eyes. And our blind and low vision members wanted to be able to ride independently. So the screen reader we integrated is the TalkBack screen reader, which those of you with Android phones are familiar with. It's the screen reader that comes in with uh, Android phones or most Android phones. There are actually a few exceptions, I think. Um, there was a lot to do for this integration. We had to integrate this at the platform level and also update the application that's running on the tablet to make sure the screen reader and the application work well together. So many layers to this integration and a lot of different pieces. That meant that an incremental approach was very important, both because we couldn't do everything at once, and also we wanted to be able to start getting feedback as soon as we could. Just a kind of quick aside, referencing back to how the pandemic has really changed everything, that even impacted our development plans. Our initial plans were to bring people into our headquarters in New York to test along the way. But we had to pivot these plans, of course. So in the end, our initial release would play kind of the role of a public beta. But this made it especially important to find ways to gather community input along the way. So we listened to our members to gather input. Some more recently, and we've actually been in touch with some people for a while on this topic. I'd love to share some of their stories, but I'll have to leave that to a future time because I'll have to get permission from them and see what they what would like to share. But we have some really great members who gave us valuable input. Besides our members, we also gathered input, as I mentioned at the beginning, from ACB along the way, including Clark, and some wonderful people from the Foundation Fighting Blindness, who we're really lucky to talk to because they also happen to be enthusiastic Peloton bike riders. Community input was really helpful in determining priorities for our first release. I'll just give you a couple examples of some of the things we talked with Clark about, for example. So when I chatted with Clark, he told me about his experience with other screen readers. Um, 
and other fitness equipment. We also talked about the importance of audio ducking during video so that if you're taking a class and you want to be able to hear the screen reader, we want to make sure that the media volume reduces. Another thing he emphasized is the importance of being able to turn a screen reader on and off independently. So it's a touch screen, which means that you would navigate through different menus on the screen to turn it on and off. But it's important to have some kind of hardware shortcut so that you can do this without needing sight. And we heard those kinds of priorities echoed from some of our members that we talked to as well, and we made sure to address them. Another aside that something I didn't expect that I just thought was kind of interesting that I learned from Clark is he explained that some companies make accessibility updates, but then they don't make information about them easy to find. And that can be frustrating because people don't even know about the accessibility options. So we were careful to include a blog post and support article with our release. So I'm going to demo the audio in a moment. I want to give you a quick overview of what to expect in the clip. In the clip, we'll navigate to and start a class twice. The first time we'll do it slowly, so you can hear some features like filters and information about the class. The second time navigating to a class is fast and maybe more for the power user experience. Now, it isn't always easy to follow someone navigating with a screen reader you aren't used to. So I'm going to give you three things to listen out for. And at the end of the clip, you'll get to hear from our instructors. That'll be that all for one right I mentioned. So also for those of you listening now who aren't screen reader users, maybe somebody low vision who doesn't use a screen reader, also see if you can notice these three things. So one of them, the first one is a length filter. We're going to use a length filter to find a 20 minute class. The second one is there'll be a point where we're looking for a start button. So listen out for controls. Talkback is similar to voiceover. Many of you are perhaps voiceover users in that you can either explore by touch or swipe left or right to navigate between elements. You can also swipe up or down to change the granularity. So you can use this to find controls. So you'll hear controls at some point, and that happened when I swiped up to change to controls, and then that lets me find the start button really easily. The third thing I want you to listen out for is audio ducking during the class. So the class volume reduces when the screen reader is speaking. So that's length filter for to find a 20 minute class, controls to find the start button, and audio ducking during the class. Now, just before this panel got started, we did a quick audio test and we felt like it was a little bit quiet. So you might want to adjust your volume up a bit. Okay, Jeff, could you run the clip? Welcome back, B. Pelotin. You have a 14-week streak going. Classes taken on Thursday. Switch profile button. Double tap to activate. Selected home button. Double tap to activate. Programs button. Double tap to activate. Classes button. Double tap to activate. Classes selected. Length drop down list. Double tap to change. All class lengths selected in list 10 items. 
Double tap to activate. Five minutes. Double tap to activate. Ten minutes. Fifteen minutes. Twenty minutes. Double tap to activate. Pilot length. Twenty minutes. Selected. Drop down list. Twenty minutes. Two thousands ride. Dennis Morton. Wednesday, June twenty fourth, twenty at six p.m. Hop on the bike to dance and work your way through this 2000s themed ride. Enlist. Six items. 99.6% positive out of 13,780 ratings. Featuring music by Nellie Lincoln Park T-Pain Flow Rita. Controls. Start. Button. Out of list. Double tap to activate. Pilot exit. Button. Dennis Morton 20 minutes 2000s ride. Double tap to activate. Controls. Start. Button. Double tap to activate. What's up everybody? Thanks for joining me. My name is Dennis Morton and welcome to Peloton. You are locked and loaded in the saddle, rocking and ready for a 20 minute 2000s ride. Output. We're going to get this thing cranking in just a moment. Average 106 watt. Best 121 watt. Output. Many screen reader users are probably wishing the speaking rate was faster. Now I'll demo increasing the speaking rate and take the opportunity to quickly start a class from our annual All for One series of classes taking place this weekend, where instructors come together and celebrate our community. Speech rate. Double tap to activate. 15%. Seek control. Use volume keys to adjust. 20%. Seek control. 51%. Seek control. 56%. Seek control. 66%. Seek control. 71%. Seek control. Selected. Home button. Programs button. Double tap to activate. Classes button. Double tap to activate. Classes selected. 30 minutes off ride. Sam Yo. 4 hour. 45 minutes off for one ride. Multiple instructors. 5 hours ago. Taken by me. We're coming together in unity as one team. Click and join all your favorite bike instructors for an empowering ride. Enlist. Bike. Controls. Start button. Out of list. Double tap to activate. In times like these, it's important that we remember who we are, what we stand for, where this bike that goes nowhere can take us. We may not be together in real life. We are hurting. We are struggling. We are working towards change. But we wouldn't miss out on a chance to ride as a community, to ride as a family, to ride as one, one, one Peloton. So bring yourself, your positive vibrations, your high fives, and join us for a ride of unity. Together, we get better. Together, we get stronger. Together, we go far. This, 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 it is all for one. What is up, Peloton? My name is Jen Sherman. And I am so excited to be with you for this very special ride today. That gives you a feel of using the screen reader to take a class on the bike. If you don't have a bike but want to hear the rest of that class, you could sample our class content with a digital membership, which actually has a free trial. And then you could listen to the rest of the class on the web or our mobile apps. So the screen reader is now at its early beta testing stage. 
or beta type stage. I don't think we're officially calling it a beta stage, but effectively it's a beta type stage where we're gathering input to inform improvements. So I wanted to make a point of emphasizing that early stage. So if you go out and buy the bike with the screen reader in mind, you're someone who's an early adopter who's happy to give us input as we improve it. And if you're somebody who already has a bike and you're a screen reader user, our product research team would really love to hear from you. They're currently planning usability testing sessions, and these will be conducted rem remotely, and they're looking for participants. You can contact us about that or with any other questions at accessibility at onepeloton.com, which you can also find on our accessibility page if you search for that. And from there, you will also be able to read our blog post and support article on the future as well. Thanks so much. B, thank you. And thank you for making the point that accessibility is not a destination, but it's a journey. And we certainly appreciate you working with ACB as well as people who are blind and low vision uh, to basically start down the path at Peloton on that accessibility journey. So we have this beta here for the bike and we'll continue to work uh, with Peloton to get that to all Peloton products as well as uh, get member feedback. So folks are getting out of the screen reader uh, what, th what they need. And as all of our other panelists said, really be a part of that community, whether that's the Peloton community, uh, the community with USABA and the National Fitness Challenge, the Concept2 online logbook, or joining Leslie Spoon for a community event or her yoga class here on Monday. So now we'd like to open it up for Q&A. So I'll turn to either Nat or Cindy uh, to run Q&A for our session here. We have about 15 minutes and I'm sure we're gonna have a lot of great questions. You have a lot of hands coming up and um, we cleared it right at the start. So everybody be fair. Uh, I don't know if we'll get to everybody, but Nat, do you want to explain what people need to do to raise their hand? Although people seem to know. <laughs> <laughs> sure, no problem. So if you guys are using a PC and you would like to raise your hand, use Alt-Y. If you are using a Mac, that is Options-Y. If you called in on a phone, that is star nine. And if you are using the iOS app, it is under the More tab. And oh. Eugene, you can go first. Hey, how you doing, Cindy? And uh, doing Nat. good. Hey. Um, I currently use the iOS uh, app, the uh, health app that uh, blocks uh, how much uh, miles I walk and uh, how many steps. But I'm interested in that Proton uh, bike. Uh, what? How much? How much is one of them? Uh, what's the approximate cost for one of those? Yeah, that's a good question. I'm actually gonna ask you to reach out to Peloton because I'm, not, I'm on the product development side rather than the sales side, so oh, I'm afraid okay. of misquoting or something. But you can definitely ask me questions more about the product. Yeah, I can just add that to all my other exercise equipment I got at the house. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Eugene. Liz, you should be able to unmute. Thank you so much. This has actually been such an interesting discussion. I have three quick questions. One is for um, Sultana about the... Um, app could you spell that and is that specifically for rowers the second question is for greg i also use a fitbit but 
when I'm riding my recumbent bike, I have a recumbent bike at home, I'm not sure it's registering activity because it's a fixed handlebar. Do you have any hacks for fixing that? And the third question is for Peloton. I have the bike. It's not a Peloton bike, but can I use Peloton products to um, increase my um, riding pleasure? Thanks. Thank you. So if we let's if go we, with Satana first about erg data. If we go in order, yeah. So erg data is spelled E like Echo, R like Romeo, G like Grim, data, D-A-T-A, like, you know, data on your phone, Delta, Alpha, Tango, Alpha. And it is for Concept2 equipment. So it encompasses their rowers, their ski machines, and their bikes specifically. It does integrate with other apps like the health app, but so far as I know, it is specifically for their equipment because it uses their performance monitors uh, for integration. And All Greg? right. Thank you. Oh, oh I'm so sorry. Oh, sorry, oh, sorry yeah. yeah, Greg, can you talk about the, the Fitbit and any hacks you have for uh, doing workouts other than walking and running, like riding a bike with a Fitbit? Yeah, sure. So I will say the Fitbit is is pretty much designed for walking, jogging. Um, but I do, like I mentioned, I ride a stationary bike. It does actually have the handlebars that go back and forth. And from my experience, it registers, you know, each motion forward of, you know, each each foot as a step. Um, so that's so it, it does track, you know, steps and also active minutes uh, when I do use that. So if you do have one that does not you know, that, that has stationary handlebars or bars that are, you know, that don't move. Um, I would think it should still be tracking, you know, as you're riding it with your legs at least. So I don't, unfortunately, I don't really have any other insight. Greg, I would get creative and just put the Fitbit in a, an ankle strap or in your sock <laughs> so you can count those pedal strokes. Yeah, then, that's a good thought. B, will you talk about uh, some of Peloton's other offerings that folks can use with their non-peloton equipment at home yeah yeah i'm glad you asked that question because it gave me a chance gives me a chance to talk a little bit about that so i mentioned the peloton digital membership which as i said does have a free trial so you can just try this out without a commitment um that gives you the ability to take classes without having a bike a peloton bike that is um so depending on what other devices you have you have a number of options. So for example, if you had an iPad, you could use that to stream classes um, or an iPhone, or you can also find this on the web um, and Android. So you can use, yeah, you can find our classes on the web and also on your mobile device. So if someone does not have a Peloton bike or treadmill, you can access Peloton digital and still stream the class. You won't get the interconnected data from the class, but you can still access the class. Is that correct? That's exactly right. Yeah. And earlier this month, Peloton, or in June, Peloton also launched in the um, Amazon Fire TV app store and the Apple TV app store. That's right. We're just getting into TV. All right. Thank you. Next question. All right. 
Jeannie, you should be able to unmute and go ahead with your question. Yes. Um, my question is, I'm getting older, so I'm interested in something that's low impact. And I prefer that it be um, something where I could move both my hand, my arms and my legs. So I want to know with either Concept2 or Peloton, um, does the bike have the handlebars that move? And if not in Concept2, would the rower or the ski machine be the best for moving both arms and legs and having low impact? Um, this is Satana talking about Concept 2. I don't have any experience with Concept 2's bike, so I don't know about arms and legs on the bike. With the ski erg, you're standing and you're holding handles that are above your head and you're pulling those handles down as you uh, sort of move into a squat. You don't go all the way down into a squat, but you are bending your knees. It is a very whole body thing from a standing position. Um, with rowing, yeah, it's totally moving both your arms and legs. Um, so it is a it is still a whole body workout. So both of those things, yes, you are moving both arms and legs. And like I said, I don't know about the bike. And, and I just want to jump in here real quick, um, Clark, just because yes, she's asking please. about low impact. Um, it's Leslie. The elliptical is pretty low impact, Jeannie. Um, you're moving your arms and legs. You're still getting a good workout, but it's 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 a lower impact. Um, workout i would say not not as and not as physical as the treadmill when you're running or walking quicker and be uh, on peloton digital or in the classes uh, separate from the bike or the treadmill are there classes that would be considered lower impact as well yeah well actually even on the bike um so we have though when i was talking about how you could choose from our large library of thousands of classes and you can use the filters that we heard a little in the demo. Um, you can actually filter down by class type and you can find classes that are low impact classes. Um, so I think there was a question about whether the handlebars move. The handlebars don't move, but we do have low impact classes and that's front of mind for me because I actually use them a bit. Um, I have a slight knee injury, but I tend to really appreciate the low impact classes. Great, thank you for that question. All right, thank you. Mike, you should be able to unmute and ask your question. Hi, thank you. Um, this is uh, Mike, hi Satana. And hi everybody else, thanks for all Hi Mike. Um, but Satana, this question is for you. I have an older uh, Concept2 rower, probably, I don't know, seven, eight, 10 years old, I don't even know. I think we got it in Louisville uh, way back when. But um, I want to know, uh, like B was saying, um, is it uh, uh, updatable and can I go and download some software to be able to get um, some of the programming that you were talking about? There is, um, find out what performance monitor version you have. You can go all the way back to three and the access it m should be available to you. Um, I think there, there might be PM3s that won't update, but um, we've updated a lot of PM3s because when I was part of Saratoga Rowing, that's what they had. And so there is on Concept2's website, a Concept2 utility program that you can download. Uh, and you'll download it on your PC. 
And so you will connect your PC to your concept to monitor. There's a USB connector sort of underneath on the right-hand side. And um, that utility can tell you what firmware you currently have and what's available to you to update. And yes, it can update the firmware in your monitor. If your monitor's too old, um, I would call Concept2 and have a conversation with them. The monitor's detachable from the machine. So it's really easy to take that monitor off and just get a new monitor. Um, so that's a solution too. But yes, it's, it's likely. I mean, my Concept2... It's from like, I don't know, 2010, 2011, 2012, somewhere in there. It's old. It's not, you know, I didn't buy it three years ago. Um, and, and like I said, it was, it was accessible right out of the box. So, you, you know, you've probably got it. If, if you're going to use ERG data, you will need, if you've got an older monitor, you'll need to buy a cable from Concept2 to connect between your phone and your monitor. Um, and also get one of their cool little iPhone holders that sits right on top of the monitor and you can just put your phone right in it and it's great. All right, we have time for at least one or two more questions. Thanks for that question, Mike. All right, Beth, you should be able to unmute and go ahead with your question. Hey guys, thank you so much for uh, for this presentation. I wondered two really quickie things. I think it was Clark. You said you had a specific type of bike, and I thought you said stick, S-T-I-C-K. I'm not sure I heard that right. Also, in rowers, is there a rower that doesn't have the programming stuff? I just want a rower that I can just use without having to have any of the uh, high-tech stuff. Thank you. Uh, I don't know if there's a rower that has that's just a rower with no feedback because I presume that so many sighted people expect that kind of data. Uh, Clark, do you know anything? I mean, you might be able to find. Yeah, I guess I'll. Yeah, thanks, Satana. I'll, I'll jump in here. Um, so the first question about the the bike stick, I'm not sure um, what that's in reference to. So I'm sorry. I'm, you can feel free to email me at advocacy at acb.org. Um, and we'll try to flesh out that question. And it, if folks have questions that aren't getting answered here on this panel, please let's follow up at acb.org over email and I'll try to get answers to your questions or put you in touch with the panelists. Uh, fortunately, there are plenty of exercise and fit, fitness equipment that are still inaccessible. So if you just wanna get a rower and go to town, you can certainly do that. Uh, not, you don't need to connect to the ERG data app from the, the PM on the Concept2, you could just get a Concept2 or any other rower and row your heart out. So that I guess that would be my answer to that question. You certainly don't need to program it to be able to do a workout. You can just get on and start rowing. All right, and I think that has to be our last question. Nat, would you like to give the ending code? I can do that, sure. Okay, so your ending code, if you're registered for credit is 1D as in Delta, 7, 9, B as in Bravo. Again, that's going to be 1D as in Delta, 7, 9, B as in Bravo. Great. Thank you, Nat. And thank you again, Cindy, for managing this meeting. Jeff Bishop, thank you for playing the audio clip. To our panelists, Leslie, Satana, Greg, and B, thank you for sharing your expertise. And thank you to all our listeners and participants. We all want to be a 
active, healthy community, especially here over the summer. Uh, you know, we have to stay inside, but that doesn't mean we need to sit still. So everyone get out there, get active. And if you have any other follow-up questions, you can reach me, Clark Rockfall, Director of Advocacy and Governmental Affairs for ACB at advocacy at acb.org. Thanks, everyone.